0: The very first time I traveled over the big blue pond was um, 2001. I went to Ireland. That was my very first trip abroad. And I got to Ireland and I was invisible. And that was the best thing I've ever experienced in my whole life. I was like, nobody is following me in stores. Nobody is, I, I at the time, I tend to date interracially, so I was in Ireland with a white guy. Um, nobody gave us dirty looks, cause coming out of the South, you know, we got a lot of that. Um, nobody made any off-colored comments. Nobody paid me any attention. And I was like, this is freedom right here.
1: da 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 Okay, thank you so much for joining us today, tonight, to whatever <laughs> Miss Kelly, um, would you please start by introducing yourself, tell us your name, where you're from, the name of your business, and where you're currently located, please.
0: Awesome. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, my name is Kelly McRae, and I am um, originally from Chicago, but I spent 20 years in hot Florida. And I, um, the name of my business is The Content Vault. So basically what I do is I create and schedule social media for busy real estate professionals. And um, I am currently in Mérida, Mexico, which is also hot. <laughs> Yes, and you better um
1: put some respect on that <laughs> <laughs> Merida. I
0: heard
1: you. I heard you. <laughs> um. Okay, so give us the tea, sis. Like, what's what's good? Like, how did this travel thing start happening to you? Uh, I saw you were in the Air Force previously. Did it begin before that? Like, let yeah. us know.
0: I I was an inner city Chicago youth and everything that that conjures in your brain um, and decided that maybe I didn't really want to be a drug dealer. (laughs) Maybe I should do something constructive with my life. Mm. And so um, I joined the military. That was a way to get out of the hood. I think a lot of us joined the military to get out of the hood. Um, So I joined the military, became an aircraft mechanic. And um, they got me out of Chicago and when I got out, I was like, I'm never going back, not at least to live. So um, did that thing and then moved to Florida after I got out of the Air Force and through some just life happening, started a real estate uh, career there. So I spent almost 20 years in real estate there in Florida and had just moved into a brand new market, left Tampa, moved to Orlando, and I got sick so I got a diagnosis of lupus and anybody that has dealt with this disease they know it 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 just is crazy it does a lot of weird strange things to your body that are completely unpredictable and so basically what happened to me initially was um my heart swelled up and I couldn't walk I couldn't talk and I was told I couldn't be in the sun so that kind of ends a real estate career especially in florida that you can't be in the sun and through uh, multiple hospital stays dealing with the u.s healthcare system i realized one of two things or maybe both things were going to happen to me those foods were going to make me homeless or they were going to kill me or they were going to make me homeless and they were going to kill me um and so I sold everything that I owned, and the first place that I moved to was Nicaragua. I got down there. Um, It's a beautiful country, but it wasn't the country for me. And then I moved to Chiang Mai, Thailand, lived there for a couple years. That's where I met the wonderful Wanda Duncan. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And then after that, I wanted to get closer to my family because of Um, some things some disturbing things that was uh, manifesting within the with the lupus disease and so I moved to Mexico um, and a lot of people have asked me well you know why didn't you just go home why did not you just go back to the US well for one I don't feel that the US is home anymore that's one thing and two you guys see what's happening there I never want to live there again if I can help it but I wanted to get close enough to my family to where I could get there or they could get to me if they needed to relatively quickly without actually living there I heard that. another long and the short of my story if you will have you been able to
1: experiment or um try out
0: alternative therapies while traveling because you know, obviously the- in, um, in chiang mai i did um quite a few of the the chinese herbs <laughs> that kind of stuff, massages, um, the ayurveda. Ayur, Ayur, I can't never say it right. I, I, the, the, the ayurveda. Things, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, different things like that. And <clears throat> what I have found is combining the two, at least for me, really worked kind of well. So I, because I've always been a natural person, which you know, my, my daughter in particular is really pissed off that I have this disease because. I'm a former national level fitness competitor. Um, I've always been very, very fit. I've always eaten healthy. When they were little kids, they would get natural remedies for colds and sores, you know, whatever was happening. And now I've got a lifetime of potential popping pills. So I did find that I've I've gone um, plant-based and um, that has been insanely helpful for me because with lupus, there are a lot of triggers, and stress is one of the biggest ones, so I really have done my best to eliminate as much stress from my life as I possibly could. Um, but also, food is a trigger, so I have um, embraced the plant life. So, you know, doing, doing things naturally, and recognizing which medications uh, from, from Big Pharma that I actually need, versus what they just want me to take, um, I've learned a lot in doing research and, and experimenting with that. Like when I first got the Chiang Mai. And anybody listening to this, if you are battling an autoimmune disease, let me put the disclaimer out there. Don't do this. I got the Chiang Mai and cold turkey my medications. And that was the worst thing I could have ever done. Wow. So I've experimented with coming off of the meds and figuring out which meds I actually need versus what they just want to sell.
1: I see. So you have been able to find something that works best for you, which is a combination of Eastern and Western yes. type of philosophies. Okay. Yes. And how has that impacted your day-to-day? How has... You advocating for your health in this kind of way gone for you because I know that especially as Black women in the in the United States we all we always have to advocate for ourselves anyway uh, regardless of what situation we're in in pain half unconscious like <laughs> we have to find a way to speak up for ourselves because otherwise people just won't listen and I love those conversations that we're having now um, but I, a lot of people believe that leaving for what some call like medical tourism, is not viable. So that's why I'm asking you that question. What What's your experience been
0: like? Let me tell you something. If the people knew the truth, the met the American healthcare system would dry up. Because first of all, I can tell you, obviously, of experiences in being. I've been hospitalized multiple times in Chiang Mai. I lived there for two years. I've not been hospitalized in Mexico. I've got my fingers, toes, and eyes crossed that I won't get hospitalized here. Um, And I've been hospitalized multiple times in the U.S. So I can draw a a serious and true comparison. Um, First of all, medical tourism is amazing because the... Healthcare providers in these other countries, number one, are not indebted to big pharma nor are they indebted to insurance. So the things that you actually need, you can get. You know, and that was one of the things that catapulted me out of the U.S. healthcare system. Was um, you know I mentioned that I couldn't walk and I couldn't talk, and I'm a person. I'm an overachiever. I've always been very physical in the things that I've done. Again, I'm a former fitness competitor. I walked as a realtor. You know, I've always been very active, and then I couldn't walk and talk. So I was relegated to the sofa and was stuck watching TV. So if I'm going to watch TV, I'm going to look at documentaries and that kind of thing and things that educate and build up. Well, there was a series that CNN had. Um, with the guy that did Supersize me, Morgan Spurlock. And he explored um, medical. He, the name of the show, he was doing all these different roles. And it was called, I think, Last Man Standing or something like that. And he was trying to get his um, shoulder looked at in the U.S. And he was calling around trying to find out how much an MRI was. Nobody could tell him. They were all like, do you have insurance, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And he hopped on a plane and went to bangkok and that's what put thailand on my radar he went to bangkok to Bumungrad, which at the time was like the number three hospital in the world Mm -hmm. got there and went through all of these tests mris um you know colonoscopy everything and it was like it was nothing it was like out-of-pocket change compared to what we would have paid in the U.S., but what really got me was at that time, they didn't know what was wrong with me. I, I was just slowly dying on my sofa, and I mean, and that's no exaggeration. Um, and the, the uh, gastroenterologist wanted to do an endoscopy and a colonoscopy on me, and in the U.S., that means you've gotta get somebody to drive you, they put you out, you have to have, you know, so they put a camera down your throat and up your backside, If they do any damage oh well we were trying to heal you sorry about your luck kind of situation and morgan spurlock went to bum run grad and they gave him a camera that was the size of a pill he swallowed this camera and walked around all day with this little camera pack that was recording what was happening inside of his body they never had to put him out it was non-invasive and so i called my gastroenterologist and i said I want that. And they were like, nope, sorry, you're not getting it. It's experimental. And I was like, no, I looked it up, and Thailand's been doing that method for years. It's not experimental, and I want it. And they told me my insurance company would not cover it. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know when in the year that I was born, when they birthed me, did the insurance company come with me that they got to make that decision from <laughs> my and so I was like okay so I call I told them we're not doing that procedure I'm going to Thailand and that's what I did Um, is I like I said I sold everything I owned. and when you go to the doctor in Thailand bum run grad included so it's not just bum run grad the doctors actually listen to you you could be in for 10 minutes or you could be in for two hours you're never made to feel like you are rushed The cost is reasonable, the very first hospital stay that I had there um, was about eight days long. I told the girl, uh, and this was so funny, Wanda, they're so respectful, especially of your dietary concern. So they brought me the menu of what it was that, that they would feed me and it had meat on it. And again, I don't eat meat. As soon as I said to the girl, I'm a vegetarian. She, oh, so sorry, so sorry, oh, so sorry. I promise I had to go back and review. Did she insult my mama? Like, she was so apologetic over offering me meat when I didn't eat meat. And the food, guys, was Instagram worthy. And if you go back far enough on my Instagram profile, you will actually see it. It was delicious. It was nutritious. It was beautiful presented beautifully um the I had a trauma doctor because my heart during that time my heart had swelled up my platelets were in the garbage um, so I had a hematologist um, I had a cardiologist and really four different doctors three of them specialists eight days in the hospital I did a video on this on Facebook where I was literally crying because my hospital bill was something like $700. And that was me leaving with all of the prescription medications I needed as well. So long story short, because I obviously don't know how to tell short stories. (laughs) (laughs) Medical tourism is amazing. The doctor that I've got here in Mexico, both of my my doctor in, in Chiang Mai and my doctor here, both speak English. Lupus is a disease that affects Asian Pacifics, Blacks, Latinos. So the doctors that I had in both countries are so well versed at lupus. In fact, in 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 um, Thailand, lupus is so prevalent that even your general practice doctors know exactly what to do with it. They know what it looks like. They know how to diagnose it. They know the whole nine yards. The girl that I've got here, this lady, taught I, I'm researched up, y'all. I really thought I knew it all. <laughs> And she started talking and I was like, what I didn't know that and I'm taking notes. And when they make the appointments, they show up for the appointments. They never make you feel like you are um, like you're imposing and they actually realize they're part of your team. If you tell them, listen, you're telling me that you want me to take this medication. I want to know why. Well you know what Do we have other alternatives? I don't really want to take that. In the States, they will railroad you, make you afraid. I got stories about that. Do their best to threaten you, to force you to take what they are telling you they want you to take. No explanations. They don't want to answer your questions. They're condescending as hell in Mexico and in Thailand. Not only have they answered my questions, if it was something I said I didn't want to take, they found something else that I wanted what did they do that at? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, if you got an ailment, look up a plane ticket, you don't have to move. Go on vacation. Mexico, where I live, is beautiful. It's tropical. I'm 30 minutes from the beach. Thailand is beautiful. Waterfalls. Elephants. I mean, you know, it's a beautiful country. The people are beautiful. And to get there, you got something else on your passport and you got treated like a freaking human and you can bring all, and, and let me tell you what, I came to Mexico with a full year supply of one of my main medications. That year's supply cost me about 70 bucks. Better talk about it. You know, so they could sit back and think that healthcare in the U.S., which by the way is number 37 on the World Healthcare Organization's list, is the best. 37 to me that's third world but you live in first world and you paying you paying i don't even know what them first world prices if there's something bigger than first world that's what people are paying and <laughs> being like that. yeah no thank you what no. a
1: testimony that is i'm i'm first of all i'm glad you're well thank you more well than you were when you were yeah, frustrated no, trying to normal. figure out And we all know, I I believe we all know what it's like trying to get time off from work and having to go sit at the doctor's office, you know, appointment times ain't really real. And especially if you're walking away and you don't have anything conclusive, you don't know what's going on. So, and especially not feeling well. You said you were literally like wasting away on the couch. So
0: I literally went from about 175 pounds. I tease about it now, I call it, I do a hashtag bony butt syndrome. Um, I went from about 170 pounds down to about 115 in like two and a half months. My heart was swelling. My lungs were doing whatever they were doing. Again, I couldn't walk and talk, especially at the same time. I literally, if I, I lived in a high-rise building, and the grocery store was on the first floor. If I went to the grocery store and just got a few fruits and vegetables, I had to sleep for four days. They had, the voice that you hear is not my natural speaking voice. My esophagus narrowed. That's why the gastroenterologist was involved. They couldn't figure out what was happening there. I have to go back to my early days of YouTube to hear my own voice. So the voice that you hear today is not, I mean, like, It did so many insane things, and I know you guys can't see me. I'm bald. Hey, lupus, thanks for stealing my hair. Um, You know, um, and so it's just done so many different things um, to my body. My heart has swelled up. My liver has swelled up. My lungs have swelled up. They thought my brain was shutting my body down, and during the time that they thought my brain was shutting my body down, that's when my hair was falling out in handfuls. And again, I mentioned stress as a trigger. So here I was battling what was basically a death sentence because if your brain is shutting your body down, you're done. Um, And my hair is falling out and I'm looking at this hair and I'm like, oh my God, my hair is falling out. And I had to decide, are you gonna stress over something you can control or stress over the thing that you can't control? I can't control my body, you know, my brain shutting my body down. I can control this hair thing and I got home and just shaved it off and I've been bald ever since. You know, so it it you know lupus does a lot of things that people don't realize, but I think also um, a lot of a lot of my wellness, if you will, is because I'm a joy junkie. I'm always trying to find the silver lining and even the nonsense that's happening to my body. But I mean, I literally was dying. I was wasting away and they could not. And it was, um, it was a cardiologist in the US that actually scared the crap out of me. And I went to the Mayo. And let me tell you guys, it, the Mayo Clinic is amazing. If, if, if the US healthcare ran like the Mayo, it would be the number one in the world. It really would. So, um, but the Mayo people get intimidated because it's so well known. It takes almost every insurance. So if you've got an issue that you cannot figure out, go to the Mayo. I promise you they will take your insurance and they will figure you out. And it was just amazing. And and to me, they saved my life. They saved my life because the other doctors and I started calling them the ists. I'd gone to them all. Every specialist I felt like there was, specialists I had never even heard of before, and they couldn't figure it out. And the cardiologist, after I think the second time my heart swelled up, he said to me, your case is very intriguing, and you never want to be intriguing to a doctor, because that means we don't know what's wrong with you. So when he said that, all I heard was, you're dying, we don't know why you're dying, we can't keep you from dying, but if you don't figure it out, you're going to die. Notice how many times I said, die, die, die. <laughs> so I was like, how the hell do I stop it? And I went to the mm-hmm. Mayo and it stopped me from dying. That was
1: 2016. So when you first went to Nicaragua, um, leaving the States,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, was there anything about, so there's your health. You're, yes. you're, you're trying to stay alive. Yes. Com- with competence, right? <laughs> yes. Was there anything else about travel that, aside from trying to also stay out of Chicago, about mm-hmm. travel that appealed to you, that called to you?
0: Yeah, I had it on my on my list. Um, the very first time I traveled over the Big Blue Pond was um, 2001. I went to Ireland. That was my very first trip abroad. And I got to Ireland and I was invisible. And that was the best thing I've ever experienced in my whole life. I was like, nobody is following me in stores. Nobody is, I, I, at the time, I tend to date interracially, so I was in Ireland with a white guy. Um, nobody gave us dirty looks, cause coming out of the South, you, know, you got a lot of that. Um, nobody made any off colored comments. Nobody paid me any attention. And I was like, this is freedom right here. So I put it on my list to, I was working my way towards retiring by 50, and I was going to move abroad. And at that point, I didn't know where I was going to go. I had interviewed a few countries over the years, um, kind of on my own after that. So um, I was always intrigued, not so much by the idea of traveling because of, the history and the rich cultures, which I, you know, have learned to embrace and appreciate, but it really was more or less about finding a sense of freedom, where being black wasn't whack. <laughs> so mm-hmm. sweet, you know. So I wanted to go places where, you know, and like when I went to Chile, I got stared at and I had people ask me, could they take pictures of me, but they thought I was beautiful. Mm -hmm. It wasn't because I was some thief or drug dealer or criminal or, you know, whatever. And so it was fascinating to me to be in places where my skin was welcome. And so that was really what put me on the path to want to live abroad in the first place. Ireland must
1: have been, well, I loved Ireland. Some people don't like it because it's rainy, but I I loved it. (laughs) It was just so green. I just, oh. And everybody was really friendly like the yeah. Irish can make a conversation like you must have had a time in Ireland cuz <laughs> you talk they talk everybody just <laughs> yeah.
0: can't, can't leave the bar sideways but yes that's well, beautiful and I and I, I want to get back there um, now I have to gauge stuff by the weather because you're right it's it's cold there it's damp there um, but I now know why, why they say there's a pot of goat at the end of those rainbows. There was one day that I was there and there was a double rainbow and it was so vivid yeah. that it looked like it was solid. Yes. And I was like, wow.
1: But yeah. The sunsets yeah. there were amazing. Girl, everything there was amazing except <laughs> the food. Except right. Everything. The food is just okay. Food is <laughs> And groceries the groceries were the bomb though yeah i found the groceries to be really um like uh, reasonable in ireland okay. and the uk
0: okay well yeah but i'll you just know, know so that's my at this point um my two main things are i want to feel comfortable in my brown skin and i want to have good health care so, you know, once I find a country that I want to audition, those are the two main things. If they've got good health care, decent internet, and, uh, and they don't mistreat you because of your brown skin, then I'm like, all right, let's, let's visit it, let's check it out.
1: So, speaking of food a little bit, um, you talk a bit about your Instant Pot. Yeah. A little bit about, I'm sorry, your, your instant pot.
0: Oh, girl, if I could marry that thing, <laughs> I would be Kelly McRae instant pot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm sure it's for the ease of it because you're not always able to be in the kitchen like that. Yeah. Yeah. It but, is true.
0: Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I'm
1: sorry. I was just going to say, it's also changed your relationship with food a little bit. Uh, having to feed yourself for wellness, but also uh, having limited energy sometimes in order to do that.
0: It's true, because I can tell you that before I got that thing, there were days, depending on what was happening, that I just didn't eat. Um, Because people, you know, there's so much that we take for granted in our day to day, you know, like standing at the stove, I couldn't stand. And even like um, the other day, I wasn't feeling that well. And my Instant Pot was dirty, and I didn't feel like washing it. So I was like, I'm going to go in here, and I'm going to make like some hash browns. Just cutting up the potatoes and putting them in the skillet, I was like, OK, got to go sit down. Then you got to keep going back and checking on it. And with the Instant Pot, you cut all that stuff up. You put it in the Instant Pot. You put that lid on. 10, 15, depending on what you've got in there, you're eating. And the thing that I really dig about it is um, you don't have to plan your meals. And, and when I say that, like, you know, I, I eat a lot of, um, I try to eat as much as I can from fresh. So I don't buy canned and boxed things. So like my beans are in a bag. They're dry beans. They're, you know, so to be able to take beans that you didn't have to soak, mm-hmm. put them in the pot. And depending on what it is, you are literally eating anywhere from 15 to 40 minutes, no matter what. And you know some beans, our grandmama's boy. They was cooking all day, <laughs> you know, and I'm kicked back, and I got you know I, I'm eating beans in 40 minutes in full. and full and nutritious meals. So if you are that that instant pot, and they just came up, I just saw a new gadget they got. They have a um, a new little like oven fryer. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh. <laughs> I'm like I think I need that, <laughs>
1: but your Instant Pot helped to take you away from your laptop because you spend quite a bit of time between Facebook and your YouTube channel. Um, you spend quite a bit of time on the nets, cruising yeah. around, making content, also doing your actual work uh, um, for the con- as the content boss for your real estate clients.
0: Yeah,
1: um, and something else you've been. Tinkering with to take you away from your laptop is um, sewing.
0: Yes, yes. Sewing, now, did you sew?
1: Did you teach yourself to sew like recently, or was that something you did when you were younger?
0: Mm-hmm. No, um, sewing for me is um, a way to fight. I, it, again, guys, I, I'm always going to talk about lupus at this point because it affects so much yes. of my life. Um, And lupus brings with it depression and anxiety, and I have never had to deal with those before. Like, that's a whole new animal for me. Um, And so I needed something outside of meditation to help me to relax. And when I was home um, last summer, one of my good friends, her mom, sews all these beautiful bags, but she can sew sew. So I was like, I want to see if I would like this. And I was supposed to learn how to make clothes. She was going to teach me how to make an outfit. And I was just looking at her bags, and I was like, I love these bags. Let's make a bag. Well, I'm so glad we did because it taught me to sew with, like, vinyl. It it took me at, like, there were some mistakes made. She was like, girl, just chop that off and sew this here. And I was, like, liberated because it didn't <laughs> have to be perfect. Right. And I was like, this is great. And so... From the from loud, la- um, oh, can you hear me? Are you there, <laughs> Wanda?
1: Okay, I can't it did close out. <laughs> I hope it's okay. But you were saying that you learned to sew on vinyl and that you could make a mistake and
0: it's not. Okay, big deal. got it, there we go, okay. Um, and so I finally bought a machine and now I'm teaching myself how to sew. And I would love to take some actual classes because I feel like I'm teaching myself a lot of really bad habits. So it's been interesting. I've made a million purses. I made a computer bag. I was so impressed with my little computer bag. And, uh, and I've been upcycling and making clothes. So and, and clothes is not my favorite, but I'm forcing myself to learn because that was really my point in learning in the first place was so I could clothe my little bony butt. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. So, but I'm also... Mm-hmm. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, you were talking about sewing. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say I'm actually between the cooking... And the sewing, I've got one more hobby that I'm now stalking YouTube videos over, and we'll see how that works out. Because, um, you know, the, the internet is great, but it's a really big time sucker. You're also sitting all the time if you're on the computer, so that's not necessarily healthy for you. And then the stuff that people are talking about, you know, that whether you realize it or not, you're allowing that energy and that, that spirit, if you will, into your space. So if you're stuck on these negative news stories and getting upset and arguing and all of that, that's in your house. And so my, my goal was to put some positivity in here and clear out some of that and actually get up off my butt.
1: And that, it seems like that's kind of the, the spirit you've always had. Before you were diagnosed with lupus, your nickname was Hurricane in Heels. Is that before? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hurricane in Heels, and you call yourself a joy junkie. Um, You also recently did a 30 Days of Gratitude Challenge where you shared something for 30 days on social media. So you, you are really trying to keep your spirits high, connect with people.
0: Yeah. My thing is all about, you know, it's like, like empower, edify, and encourage, because you know there, there's room for everybody superpower, so to speak, um, and especially women, forget about it. If there's something I can help a woman do, I'm all about it, because we really, we don't recognize and realize how powerful we really are, and unfortunately, we suffer more at the hands of other women, you know? And, and so for me, you know, I'm always telling like my business group, I posted something the other day, I don't believe in competition. I just don't believe in it. I think it short circuits greatness because if I'm focused on what you're doing, that means I'm not giving the best to what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. But you know, if you and I are doing something similar, your personality is different from mine your delivery is different from mine and therefore even if we if we both offered real estate services if i can help you i'm going to help you you know because i don't see you as competition i see that there's room for both of us and you know so for me that's a more joyful experience you like i said connect with more people that way you get more allies that way you make some enemies, but, you know, screw them. There's always going to be somebody unhappy, always somebody that's got some nonsense to bring. Wash your hands of them and focus on the positive and the things that you're supposed to do. So I am definitely um, a joy junkie. I tell people I can find the silver lining in lead. I can find the silver lining in freaking lupus. And if I could find the silver lining in that, come on. <laughs> you know. So I just think there's room for us all. We just need people to encourage our grace when we don't see it ourselves. And so that's just kind of my thing.
1: And I love how like your Facebook specifically, your personal profile, like it reads like a blog. You just kind of share something just about every day. And there are other human beings that are connecting with you, all kinds um connecting with you and having conversations around around the things that you bring up the topics you bring up
0: yeah I love that that's because I mean I spent a lot of time physically by myself so uh, especially when I again when I first started getting sick I couldn't walk I couldn't talk the computer the internet was my Sadly, that was my main connection to the outside world. I would sit on my balcony and I would do uh, periscopes, and, or scopes, and I would be on, you know, Facebook, on YouTube, and you know, and I did. I connected with a lot of people. But even in, in, like I said, in my real life, like here in Medida, um, I host a biweekly business coffee. I did the same thing when I was in Chiang Mai. I hosted a co-working coffee um, so that people can connect and can help each other and you know and again i'm i'm the one that's like i don't care if i've got 15 realtors in the room like when i was in the real estate business i had realtors that couldn't understand how i got other realtors to work with me because real in real estate everybody's like dog eat dog let's chew on our young and let's just berate the crap out of one another because we're all trying to get this money and i was like. No, I don't work like that. I was like, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? What's your specialty? How can I help you? Because I'm not going everywhere. And I'm not doing everything. So if you specialize in multifamily and I specialize in new construction, anytime I find somebody going multifamily, I'm going to refer you. You know, and so I built this network of people in both real life and, off, you know, and online that know that I think that they feel the genuineness and you know, but they also know that that Kelly is a, a she's Queen Bubbly Bee. She's the sweet as can be, but she's not gonna BS you. We gonna, we gonna shoot straight from the hip because we all we can be ugly. <laughs> you know, so I got this weird thing where People like me, and some days I don't know why. Um, and they respect me, and some days I don't know why. Um, and they think I'm funny as hell. That one I get. <laughs> <laughs> so, you think you're funny as hell? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like cracking up. I'm like, damn, I don't even know if it's right that you're laughing at your own shit. <laughs> oh, am sorry, I'm not gonna your, cuss on your podcast. That's fine, but, uh, that's fine. Okay, we're adults. But, yeah. <laughs> Some it falls out of my... what? and i just die laughing so yeah I, I'm a goofball um, and I'm usually going to be the one that will say things that other people won't say so they're shocked and then they laugh at it and you know so that's just like the other night I went out and again I'm bald I got sick on the side of the road, and the friend that was with me, I said to him, well, one good thing about it is, you don't have to hold my hair back. You know, here I am tossing my damn cookies on the side of the road making jokes, mm-hmm. you know? So, and and like when I, I mentioned earlier that my, um, my brain was shutting my body down, when I called my kids to tell them, I called them both, I've got a, I've got two cell phones and I'm, you know, cause I don't want them to get the news separately. I'm telling them both. And I said, because they're both obviously quite upset and I will never forget this. I said, well guys, even with brain issues, I'm still 97% smarter than mo- I'm still smarter than 97% of the population. Wanda, my daughter, short of calling me an mf like I got told the hell off. <laughs> she was like this is not funny it's this not is the time appropriate time to be joking like she lost her shit and i was like oh. <laughs> so for me humor is everything you know and i mean it breaks the tension and it makes things a little easier to absorb. Even if it's difficult, it still makes it easier. So you know, I'm definitely always cracking the, the joke. I'm always trying to make people laugh or smile or whatever. So yeah, that's my that's my superpower. So so humor has
1: been a, a long time friend of yours.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: What 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 does it do for you to make yes? What does it sure. do for you to make yourself laugh to make other people laugh?
0: What, what does, it, does what does what it I what does it do for you to say the quiet it things out. out loud? It, I mean, it, well, one, I tell people I'm yappy. In case y'all haven't figured that out, okay? Um, and I lead with that. So to say things out loud and to kind of find the humor in them, sometimes I learn that I'm actually quite clever. Cause, but I, I learn it by mistake. I'm like, wait a minute, that was. <laughs> let me write that one down. You know, kind of deal. Um, but it really is therapeutic, honestly, to know that I'm making an impact. I used to really think that, you know, I was kind of out here. On my own, I'ma do it my damn self. I'm on my own. I'm independent. I'm blah blah blah. But uh, um, lately, I've been, you know, teasing and saying I'm channeling my inner Barbara Streisand. You know, people who need people are the luckiest people. Blah blah blah. Um, because whether we realize it or not, introvert, extrovert, ambivert, whatever your verts are, pervert, um, we all need people. You know, and so. For me to know that I can brighten somebody's day just with a, you know, with a little chuckle, with a little laugh, with a little smile, with a little perspective, because humor should also make you think. Um, you know. So for me, it's, it's huge. I mean, the very first time I, and I remember where I think I got addicted to laughter was um, I came home from school when I was a little kid and there was this little boy named Leon. If I ever find Leon, I'm probably still gonna beat him up. Um, he, He talked about my mama and I didn't appreciate that, but I didn't know how to defend her at the time because I wasn't a fighter. I was a scrappy little thing at that point in time. And I went home and told my mama what Leon said. I was very upset. I was in tears and my mother cracked my mother laughed at what this little boy said. He said she had, she had doo-doo balls in her underwear. And I was like so offended. I was like how dare you talk about my mother's bodily functions in her underwear. My mother wanted to laugh until she cried. And I looked at that and for whatever reason that made me want to make her laugh all the time. And that was kind of where my sense of humor, I believe, was born. And so, again, was born out of something inappropriate, (laughs) politically incorrect, if you will, and that's kind of the direction that my humor took. I just, you know, so I really do enjoy bringing joy to people at a time that things may be difficult for them because I know that's the hardest time to laugh. That's the hardest time to see something bright or happy. So I'm, if I, you know, so, for me, I'm always I'm always in a spirit of how can I help you? How can I serve you? And again, I used to feel like I was in this thing by myself and I could do it alone and I didn't need people. And I've since learned we all need people. We just need them in different ways. So that makes me
1: curious because there's there have been, as we are becoming more conscious as a collective human, whatever, and having... More nuanced conversations, there have been talks about the strong friend. And it's like, well, who's there for the strong friend? And it seems like you definitely fit that profile. So you want to be there for people. You want people to be comfortable. You want them to feel heard and understood and ease the tension. And I'm wondering who does that for you? Because I see um, there's a quote that you shared uh, We find the best parts of who we are in the challenges we face. And you openly talked about being suicidal this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the, 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 there's some good and some bad, if you will, about social media. Social media connects in a very artificial way, and it's causing people to disconnect in the ways that they really need to be connected. So you can go out and see families at dinner tables, and they've all got their phones out. They're out together as a family, but they're not connected. Um, As far as for the strong friend, being being perceived as strong really is difficult in, in a lot of ways. So for me to be heard, I have to really tell people, look, I need you to sit down. I need you to actually listen to what I'm saying because for that strong person, first of all, we're battling the perception that we could do it by ourselves. So we got that in our heads, but we know in our hearts we need help. But because everybody around us sees us as strong, asking for that help is difficult. So that's why, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, this is just an opinion, a lot of the people who commit suicide were the strong friends. Because they had nowhere to turn, they had nobody to, to call on, People, and and let me tell you, let me put this out there for those of you that are listening that have said this to your strong friend when they come to you for help and you say, well, you'll figure it out. You're tough. No. Wrong answer. They are coming to you because they can't figure it out. They're crying for help in the only way they know how. So when they come to you, don't throw their strength back on them and tell them to figure it out. Help them. So we ask for help. We just don't ask for it in the traditional sense. We don't show up crying. We don't show up, you know, hey, I really need this help. We, we, you just have to pay attention, if you will. And if we come to you and we ask you for advice, most of us don't ask for advice. That's our way of asking for help. You know, so we, and, and we're hinting at things like, You know, because I know for me with this, the the thing that I shared, which was very, very, very difficult for me to share the the feelings of suicide. And I mean, Wanda, I had a list. I have, I won't even say had, I have a, a list of pros and cons as to why I should live and why I should die. And my list of pros for killing myself was longer, So I had to get the hell out of here because it was making sense to me to take myself out. And again, I spent a lot of time alone, so there was no barrier to me doing it. And so I realized that in spite of the stuff that happens in my body, I needed help. And so I took a plane ride home to my daughters because I could tell you, There ain't no way in high heaven and low hell I would ever let my kid find me after I committed suicide. So I knew I was putting myself in a safe space. um, And I called my therapist. So in in the black community, therapy is frowned upon, guys, it's time for us to shake these stereotypes. It's time for us to shake these weird expectations that don't serve us. It's time for us to do what is best for us and not feel selfish and not feel bad about asking for the help that you need. Asking for help, crying because we got, you know, we got tear ducts for a reason, it releases tension. Doing the things that we have been told were, would make us weak, lose all of that. Lose it all, especially if it's going to enrich your life, if it's going to empower you if it's going to keep you here, if it is going to help you get a therapist. Because I couldn't get anybody to listen to me the way I felt I needed to be listened to. So if I got to pay somebody to do that, if it helps keep me sane, if it helps fight the depression, if it helps keep me from popping all the pills that I got around here. like When I went to Atlanta and and the, the suicide share that Wanda is talking about, literally happened last week. Like I was in Atlanta last week because the week before that, I was done. I was like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. I can't continue to live my life this way. As as joyful as I am, as happy as I am, depression is real. Don't beat people up for feeling depressed, for being anxious, especially if you are not dealing with that and you don't understand where it comes from. That's got nothing to do with weakness. It's got nothing to do with, I'm just going to decide I'm going to be happy good luck, you know, um, especially depending on what is happening in your life. So I know again, I'm yappy and I'm gone down this long, you know, rabbit hole, but it is mental health is so insanely important. And the the stuff that I am battling mentally, I actually think is more difficult than the things I'm battling physically. So being able to ask for help, my my therapist really is probably, my therapist, and sadly, my daughter. My daughter is probably one of the most real people, and because she's, you know, she's almost 30, so I can actually talk to her like a woman, and sometimes that's good, and sometimes that's bad, but she really keeps me grounded. She was the one mom. You know, when she first presented me going to therapy, she was afraid I was gonna bucket. and I was like, yeah, you know what, you're probably right, and she was like, I was so relieved to hear that you were willing, and I love my therapist. My therapist is the businessman. she is awesome. So, you know, so if you can't find that friend, because people don't know what you're dealing with. They don't, they can't relate. Sometimes they, that you make them nervous, especially depending on what you're talking about. So finding someone that can, that has been trained in how to help you cope, someone that has been trained to listen, they don't have to be invested and what you've got going on as long as they can help you. I hope that makes sense. It absolutely does. And I am so thoroughly happy
1: that you had the courage to take yourself out of harm's way. I had no idea it was that fresh.
0: It's that, I mean, because with with lupus, there's a lot of pain, okay? Daily. Huh? Daily. Yes. Daily and it's extremely unpredictable. Um, you you never know. I mean, literally, like I'm sitting here now and I'm able to talk and I'm good. Literally, in a couple of hours, my body can rebel. I'll be balled up in a knot and have to go to the hospital. It works just like that. And it's hard to make plans. It's hard to feel like a, a whole human being, if you will, because you know, like like I said, Friday morning. I went to one of the little barrios here and looked at all these great graffiti things and Friday evening I was tossing my cookies on the side of the road, shivering and feverish and had to come back and, and now again, in Medida, the heat is disrespectful. My body was in such a state that I literally had to sleep on a heating pad that night And and I threw up for about, you know, an hour and a half, unprovoked, no reason, you know, and so you just don't know from day to day what this pain is going to be. And sometimes the pain is unbearable, not just for the day, but for weeks. And you are just, you want it to stop. You want it, you know, and, and for me, I tell, you know, like I, I share with my therapist, my, my people don't die. <laughs> okay. And when I say that, my both my maternal and my paternal my paternal grandmother died um at 92. my maternal grandmother still kicking she's 92. both of my parents are still here i'm 49 years old and based on my family history i could live for another 40 years do i want to live for another 40 years with unpredictable pain depression anxiety you know, not able to make plans. People, you know, like, what the hell is going on with that girl? So your friends kind of like, oh, well, we just not going to invite her because we got to move slower. She probably going to ruin the night. You know, whatever. Well, I do not call them friends. But you have people that leave your life because they can't handle it. Forty more years of that? I was like, no, nope, done. Don't want to do this shit anymore. I'm done. I'm out of here. <laughs> and then I was like, Kelly, people love you. You love you. What are you talking about right now? Like, you know, I've I've experienced this pain. It will eventually go away. Relax. And so when you sit down with that and you're like, is this what, you know, the next 40 years? And then I'm working every day because, you know, people have this misconception. Oh, well, she can't work. She must be getting some sort of subsidy. Um, My subsidy, her name is Kelly McRae. That's what every dollar that I've spent from the time I walked away from real estate to sitting here on the sofa right now, I earned, I don't get a disability. I don't get a pension. I don't get any of that. I get my ass up every morning and I work, you know? So now you got to work through the pain and when there's new ailments and there's new scans and new tests and new specialists and knew this, that's money I got to pay, I got to work harder, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, the, the quote that you mentioned, we find the best parts of us in the biggest challenges that we face. So how can we be great? How can we find the good? How can we find the opportunity in what should really be for our detriment? And that is what I'm constantly battling for. That's why I'm always looking for the good, always the happy, always the silver lining, because these challenges make us better. They make us stronger. They make us more understanding. They make us, they they put us in a position to help other people who are coming and going through things behind us. They give us compassion. You know, there's so much they're hard as hell. I left my medication here. I was afraid to take it with me. Yeah. I left it. You but but we have to fight. I mean, literally sometimes our minds, our bodies to be great. So it's it's a day-to-day struggle. It's not easy. Um, if
1: I may ask, is therapy Um, talk therapy is that something that you engage in regularly and you don't you don't have to answer that if you don't want
0: no listen I'm an open book especially if it's going to help somebody Um, talk therapy definitely because I'm clearly I like it (laughs) all so that really actually does help me yes because I'm one of those people that when something upsets me if I'm mad about it for six weeks, I'm gonna talk about it for six weeks until I get it out of my system. Yeah. And some people be like, damn girl, we already talked about this. You know, so having a therapist that's willing to listen, no matter how many times you're gonna say it, you know, I, I dig that. You know, so talk therapy definitely does help me. Um, and I know that sometimes people think that you're just kind of beating a dead horse, but really saying it out loud, it comes with the emotion, you know, um, and it, it's, it's, it is therapeutic to talk it out. So, yes, talk therapy definitely is something that's good. And then you also
1: journal. Journaling is yeah. a big part of your processing.
0: Yeah. yeah. I've been writing since, or journaling since I was a little girl, and I think that that is probably the biggest reason that I am self-aware, if that makes any sense, that I can see things that sometimes are not the best part of me. Um, I journal as if nobody is ever going to see my stuff, like as if I will never be violated. Um, So if I feel today that, hey, that person walking down the street that just pissed me off, I would love to just cut their larynx out and watch it wiggle on the ground. I write that down and then I look at it and I'm like, damn, that's dark. You know? <laughs> what is wrong with you? You know, but because I'm so blatantly honest with myself, mm-hmm. it allows me to review the things that because some of us are, some of us think we're perfect. Some of us think we don't have any work to do. We don't have anything that needs to be fixed. That's I mean, not me.
1: That's because some of us are perfect, so.
0: (laughs) Good luck with that. (laughs) Talk talk therapy is a good thing for perfect people. (laughs) You know, but I look at, you know, things that I'm like, man, that, I wrote that, I said that, that's kind of scary. I should probably address where that's coming from. You know, I probably need to fix that because wanting to snatch people's larynxes out and just watch them wiggle on the sidewalk, that's not normal, you know? So, <laughs> so as real as so you I,
1: are with other people, you're just as real with yourself.
0: I, I am, and I think that that's part of having integrity. I will never ask you to do something that I'm not willing to do. I will never ask you to do something that I haven't done. I tell people, all the time again, going back to my business stuff, especially I don't talk about what I heard I talk about what I know and whatever you come to me with, if I don't know it, I'm gonna tell you and if you come to me crazy, I'm gonna put a K in crazy for you and if you act stupid with me, I'm gonna put two O's in stupid. so I'm very real, I'm very raw, I shoot straight from the hip. I always got your best interest at heart. I've even got people who have I know have talked about me behind my back, have run me under the bus, and I still um, wish good things for them. I still want their businesses to flourish. I'm sorry you're insecure. I'm sorry that I threatened you in some kind of way. I just want you to be well over there. And I will tell you that. I need you to get the hell away from me. Good luck. <laughs> you know, so, I am as real with me, so that's me.
1: (laughs) Well, Miss Kelly, I really do appreciate your time. Um, I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate all that you have been and are in this conversation. And I, for obvious selfish reasons, hope that your cons list always outweighs your pros list.
0: Thank you, thank you. No, thank I hope so too. When it doesn't, I, I'm glad that I can get plain. <laughs> yes, I have learned the value of
1: asking for help. Speaking of asking for help, this is um, not really asking for help. So I guess it's not speaking of asking help for help at all. Yeah, but. <laughs> but thank you for having me, Wanda. This has been wonderful. Um, how can listeners support you? Yo. How can they support your work? Uh, I know you have some Udemy courses up. Um, you have your YouTube channel up. What, what, how can people contribute to your life?
0: Well, at this point, I would love, 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 if you all know any real estate professionals, I'm trying to expand my business. I just launched my new website today. It's Uh, content uh So if you can share that out, that will be awesome. Um, my YouTube channel, I kind of go back and forth with it because I don't know what people really want to see. Um, but uh, my YouTube channel is Kelly McRae, K-E-L-L-I-E, M in Michael, C-R-A-E. And I'm also, um, I have a Facebook business page where you'll see that I'm a real real. Um, and so they can definitely find me on Facebook. And yeah, I mean, and, and mm-hmm. you know, if you're, as long as you're not offended by cussing, because I cuss, um, as long as you don't get offended by being real, I'm real. So I would love to see you guys, you know, on all of my social media, but definitely would love to have you help me expand my business. Share out content vault. Biz everywhere. <laughs> That's content vault,
1: um, like a vault where you keep money in a bank vault. Exactly. Dot biz. Exactly. Okay. Yes. So I'll be sure to put that link and your Facebook link and your YouTube link in the show notes. Awesome. All right.
0: So much Wanda.
1: Thank you, Miss Kelly.
0: Thank you for being just as great as you are. Um, and just real quick, I met Wanda in Chiang Mai. Like I don't know, what was it a couple of years ago? Now I think it's been. Yeah. And we just kind of connected through her um, group on Facebook. Which, if you haven't joined, you need to. It's phenomenal. Um, and and it's the in support of the Black Digital Female Nomad. And so. Um, and so I just love, again, I love when women are empowering other women. So I encourage you, I know she's going to have this in her show notes, but I'm encouraging you to join that group also. Oh, it's actually not in my show notes. I guess I should add that.
1: (laughs) Well, I guess I just didn't want to put too much information. You know, people get distracted and it's like, Oh, let me click on this. Let me click on that. I was like, let me give you one thing to click on. And then, all right. (laughs) well thank you very much again yes i appreciate the the big up for that um your voice is so much appreciated in that room as well so thank you for your participation in that group yes Yeah. all right miss kelly well you have a powerful day miss hurricane i hope that today is not as painful for you as you make your way through
0: Thank
1: you, thank you. I wish for you a wonderful day as well, my friend.
0: Yes, ma'am. All right, Miss
1: Kelly. You take care. You too. I'll talk to you soon. Okay.
0: Bye bye. Hey. <laughs> Ba-dum!